0: I've got that joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? <laughs> down in my heart. Where? <laughs> down in my heart. Do you know that song? <laughs> oh, no, oh, I not at I guess who all. doesn't know that song? It's so neat. I'm pretty sure Father Simple is the one that taught me that song when I was in second grade. I think the fruits of the
1: spirit all go through that song. Really? Joy,
0: love, peace. Yeah, all the fruits. But I know, yeah, it I goes I just more. know, and if the devil don't like it, he can sit on attack. Is that actually part uh, yeah, of the song? that is. <laughs> 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 Sit on. That, have you heard that part? That's a good verse. Sit on. Way attack. to teach kids and stuff. You're listening to Lead To Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Lead Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of Lead Him to Life. I hope your Advent is going well. I am sitting down with my friend Allison. Allison, welcome to Lead Him to Life. Thank you, Emily. I feel very welcome. Okay, Allison Konamak. 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 I've wanted to ask you that for for the year that I've known you, and then I just keep on forgetting because I never actually have to use your last name. But Allison, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, that kind of thing. I am, this year, I am 40 years old. Are you really? Every
1: year of my life, I have a weird pathology where I love getting older. I just feel more like myself, more... More beauty, another year full of beautiful memories and growth and experience.
0: This and, is why I love you. So,
1: do you have an age that way. you
0: like internally have felt or feel like you are in your soul?
1: Okay, this is a little, a lot of disc- this is maybe a little overshare, but I'm ready. There was a time where I felt like a teen a lot, where I felt like I was still a kid. But as I grew in my late 20s, early 30s, and started to co- encounter a lot more like Christian anthropology, healing, like some more awareness grew deeper in prayer, and our Lord brought allowed some things to come up. There's some been some areas, some core areas of healing that I've gone through where that I you don't definitely feel like a teen
0: anymore. no interesting. Yes,
1: and I remember specifically asking my mom once that when she was in her 40s, and she's like, "You never don't feel like a kid." And I remember thinking, "Oh, relieved at that time. Good, you know, maybe I'm I was a yeah. teen then, and I'm like, okay, then I'm the best I'm gonna be, you know, the know it all kicking in, being like, yeah, uh huh. And and now I'm like, no, I I really I I really love I really love the adult that, that yeah. That is, or the fullness that I feel, yeah. the stability. That you're entering yeah. more fully
0: into every day.
1: I mean, I know that I don't know anything. I know that more yeah. and more every day. How little now I feel I do like know. I can't
0: tell you the answer to my question. But
1: tell me. What,
0: what's I yours? I feel like I'm 27. <gasps> you feel like 27? Like you're starting when I was 19, I felt like I was 27.
1: But that's not very far back for you. What is that like two years ago? I'm three? Three years two? ago? Two?
0: How old am I? Oh, crap. I always have to ask Matt. I don't remember. I think it's two. Fair enough. But I feel I, in my
1: 30s maybe, but I'm like, I can am yeah. 40. That's beautiful. I'm That's excited awesome. for my 40s. Yeah. really am.
0: Did you do anything fun for your, like, 40th um, birthday? Are you I, a birthday person?
1: I yeah. do. I love my birthday, but okay. it, it's become basically what i thought is like what's the most meaningful for me and i said let me just take the entire calendar year cuz my birthday's in june so mm-hmm. it cuts the year mm-hmm. and i just divided the amount 40 years by 12 and so i've been i started with thanking the lord for the past years so it was like one mm-hmm. through seven or eight or something like that in january etc and now i get to sort of pray into future years uh, by the end of the cool. calendar year yeah so i'm later on in that and just so just trying to glorify the lord and thank yeah. him for And ask him for forgiveness in areas, too. And kind of like a general confession, but more. Yeah. yeah, But also not... I've done that, so I don't want to rehash. <laughs> I'm not one of the oh rescourging. Okay, anyway, so you're so loving random. Being 40. Yes, About myself, yeah. I live here in Sioux Falls. I'm single, I'm just living a single, blessed life, appreciating how the Lord has me and where He has me. Yeah, I've served in the church since my um, graduating from my undergrad in theology. I've lived a missionary life with a missionary community at a, t- for a time,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: I love, I just love people, I love serving God's people, mm-hmm. and um. Lately, my deepest um, passion, and one that I think even and brought me into serving God and His people, is understanding the combination of human um, development, or you'd say we'd say like a Christian anthropology with theology, mm-hmm. how it forms and informs, mm-hmm. and that's just a deep fascination for me. So
0: this is really why you and I became fast friends. Mm-hmm. I think when you started working for the diocese. Um, uh, randomly, early on, we ended up having a conversation, and and I was like, "Whoa, this person is is kind of speaking my language, yeah. and is passionate about the things that I'm passionate about." And so, it's just been really beautiful to foster that, and mm-hmm. um, you know, share podcasts back and forth, and that kind of thing related to these topics of of human flourishing, and and exactly like what you're talking about, where human development and psychology meets a Catholic vision of the human person, um, mm-hmm. that really offers this robust vision for flourishing, this mm. this really robust pathway towards flourishing. Um so I feel like that that's kind of where just our friendship started to grow and and is continuing to grow yeah. um is in that place. Um and you just Alison you you inspire me in so many different ways and and I told you before we started like you just you're you're just a preacher in the ways that you are able to articulate uh concepts, ideas, teachings, all of those different kinds of things like you can just articulate it in a way that really sticks with a person. Um and so I'm just delighted I think especially during this season of Advent to be able to sit down with you and just ask um you to to share your wisdom, your insight with us, especially surrounding uh prayer. And I really kind of want to center our conversation um, for this episode around prayer, leaning into Advent, uh, we talked last, um, if you didn't catch the the last episode, listeners, um, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. It was with my friend Tony, and we were talking about almsgiving and um, just a beautiful conversation to kind of start out the Advent season and this reality that we're entering into a new liturgical year. And so um, I feel like I'm kind of on a theme of like New Year's resolutions, but starting uh, in, in um you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for in connection to, there we go with the liturgical year. And Mm -hmm. so, um, Advent as a penitential season is really this beautiful opportunity to enter more deeply into prayer, fasting and almsgiving. So we started talking about almsgiving and, and I thought for this episode to really kind of root us in prayer would be beautiful. Um, so Allison, maybe to kind of get us started, um, give us a, give us some context about, Hey, we're right in the middle of Advent. How's it going for you? Oh what's, what's the Lord kind of doing? all those things?
1: I have found that a lot of the, the two penitential liturgical seasons are two of my absolutely favorite times of year. And our Lord almost <laughs> like, he just starts to like pull me and kind of like draw my heart to them before they even start. So I sometimes I'll start on resolutions or sort of feel like a hatch resolutions <laughs> before that <laughs> and start feeling invited to like get into the... So I had all my thoughts. I had some things drawing, and by the time I got smack into Advent, I had three different resources I was reading and
0: <laughs> different, resource overload. I'd like to do
1: the Jesse Tree, and of course I have my Advent calendar and a couple of the most recent nights. It's like I'm so exhausted, and I oh yeah, I still have this thing to do. And I had my regular daily prayer, but I'm doing these additional Advent, and I'm, I'm realizing maybe I am bit off a little bit more. I'm not finding the Lord's. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing grace and and allowing fruit to bear in some of those areas. But he surprised me in other areas that he's um, drawing my heart to encounter him and how he wants me to grow in knowledge and love of him Mm -hmm. in a different way That this was so surprising this year.
0: What's it starting to look like? Uh, Weirdly
1: enough, gift-giving. So I'm trying (laughs) to— Financially budget. I have seven <laughs> brothers and sisters, two nieces. We pull names, but we also like all gift parents, all gift the nieces. Yeah. I have another sister I'll actually be with, and she's like, why don't we just also exchange? So I'm going through, I love, and a love language for me is to give gifts. Okay. And I've started to find that come into my prayer as I've kind of in my normal day to day looked at gifts and gift giving and try to ponder what am I communicating to this person? How do I think of their needs? How do I show them um, care and love and and do some, you know, what's the onus behind this gift and how am I kind of oriented in this? And that's been coming into my prayer and it's just, it's, it's, I've encountered our Lord giving the gift of himself to me um, as the infant Christ, but also just as, as in his whole life and what is incarnation and what is manifestation as birth means. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really surprised me. It wasn't, it wasn't where I went digging. Um, huh. But isn't that the hardest thing is to be receptive <laughs> yeah. when God reorients
0: mm-hmm.
1: what I thought was a good um, mm-hmm. path. He's like, good, mm-hmm. goodwill, mm-hmm. Allison. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let me show you where I want you to go.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I think I've talked about that a couple different times um, on lead him to life. The temptation to go digging in our own hearts for answers or, um, yeah, to if there's a particular thing that we desire to receive from the Lord, like the temptation to just, yeah, like pick out our shovel and and go after it, totally. rather than really like be at peace in a posture of receptivity and allow the Lord to reveal whatever He wants to reveal to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd love for you to say a little bit more, like concretely, if you're willing, about what it has looked like where for for you in prayer to experience the Lord giving the gift of Himself to you during this season? Cause I think for some people that might be like, I don't even know what that means. Like how, Oh, what does that it's l- totally vague. look yeah. like? What is that? What is that? What does that look like for you? Awesome.
1: One of the, um, so since about eighteen 19, I've had a specific time of prayer every day. A good friend of mine said, actually I had sister Miriam James actually say this, Hydland say this. She said, you don't, you can't pray always if you don't pray sometime. Mm-hmm. So the the goal of prayer is intimacy with the Lord. That is, in a concentrated form, when you sit to pray mm-hmm. and for an intentional period of time, that yeah. then extends to a disposition of your heart, where you can see Him better, hear Him better, and honestly grow to responding to the prompts of the Holy Spirit in every moment. That also sounds super vague. I know. I'm sorry. So for me, like Advent has been, I have my specific time of prayer. And right now in my life, in the schedule that I have, 30 minutes works. And it works usually first thing in the morning. I have my little chair. I have my cup of coffee. And I've been really drawn to specifically pray with the liturgy and to pray with the liturgical readings. So I have my Magnificat. It's usually the gospel, sometimes the first reading. They're really awesome in Advent. And so I sit with them, and they stir my heart. I, I read it ahead of time, and then I sit and pray with it and reread it if my mind wanders or I get distracted. But what usually happens is if I'm still long enough and if I persevere through the distraction or the settling in, I can start to get into a place in my heart where it's still enough to receive him and hear him. And what that means is I kind of allowed everything to settle down, and I'm aware of how my own desires are. So acknowledging what's in me, relating it to the Lord, And then I can start to receive and kind of slowly like a a little child who wants so much to be loved by the person they're in the presence with. You kind of let the dangerous moment where you let your eyes go up and you look Mm -hmm. at the Lord. The
0: dangerous moment.
1: And you're like, please love me, and please show me by the look in your eyes that I'm acceptable and worthy to you, and that that sort. So that type of intimacy that says, like, I want to give myself to you more, and I want to be, I want to see that I'm received Mm -hmm. by you. So anyway, so getting into that place of of desire in our own hearts, and it could just be to be received. But for me, it was like, Lord, it started to be. I was listening to the own desires of my heart, and this is an interesting thing. You definitely want a spiritual director because prayer isn't rooted in ourselves, but rather. It's cultivating a disposition, exposing ourselves to the living, abiding Word of God, but of stillness enough to hear ourselves and hear God. And that's a pra- like an exercise. Mm-hmm. So when I say I counter mm-hmm. him, and I told you I've been doing this since I was 18, like it's taken a long time in my life to, with a spiritual director, know what that looks like. Like people say, but is it my voice in my head? Or is it God's voice? Right. And it takes a while to start to see patterns of how he speaks to you. Mm. And more quickly, kind of like discerning, okay, tangent, I love e, wine. Tan- <laughs> yeah. Do you really? Love wine. So a lot of people will say, that's ridiculous, you. a buttery shard. And I just brought my roommate over. Um, a roommate of mine was not into wine, didn't like dry wines at all, only the sweet stuff. Finally got her converted to chardonnays. And there she can go. tell buttery versus not and she thought that was totally hoaxy and ridiculous but you can cultivate a more discerning palate and like that's such an example of discerning the aromas and the image like when god speaks to you to discern and ignatius has his rules on that which are extremely helpful absolutely should be known by everybody Mm -hmm. who is in Mm -hmm. the catholic church they're just powerful Mm -hmm. to then discern in your own prayer life with a, a trained guide with their spiritual director or a mentor of some sort. If you can't find a, a capital D director, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Just some wise person you admire at your church that you would trust yourself to mm-hmm. get their advice. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's in listening in my prayer, this Advent was hearing, Jesus, I want to be closer to you. I want I want to be closer to you. And so I listened to him in my prayer and I, I know him and I knew him desire like beaming at me like yes of course I want to come closer to you I want to be closer to you and um and even this knowing of this smile on his face like and I put that desire on your heart to be closer to me so you better believe I'm gonna feel it you know like I'm gonna respond yeah. and so those moments and so in the practicals of life so here's an example of him fulfilling that yeah this past weekend yeah. again my poor roommate factors in Rachel Urick, a little shout out she shout to out to Rachel uh, catechist uh, um in the diocese. She was sick and stayed home, very prudent, really needed to. ask the pastor if I could bring her communion. I've been an extraordinary minister to the Homebound in the past. I'm not actively now. He said, sure, you can. So I was like, oh, I know this function. I know how to do this. I go to Mass. I receive the pics. I'm honored to have the Lord. The moment I cross the threshold of my apartment, it hits me. He's not just come closer to me. He just He came into my
0: house. He just stepped into
1: your house. He came into my house and he came back into one of the rooms because the person ill was back in the room so i brought them the lord and went through the steps she had just watched live the exact mass our lord was coming from it was really powerful so she received about four minutes after mass and and i just spent about a half an hour yesterday morning just weeping like a baby because i felt such an encounter that the lord he had so it's it's in those moments where i hadn't expected to realize what he was communicating and could I have overlooked that so easily? Oh, I'm I'm doing a function. I did this thing. Right. Sure, I'll help you out. Right. No problem. I'm right. I'm, you know, I'm not a human doing, of course, but a human being. And yeah. so to be attentive enough in my prayer, God placed that the day before or the weeks before, and then and then an encounter like that, and that's more dramatic. Where I was like, wow, that's a two by four, mm. you know. Um, so in in the season of Advent, he's come in like that. Yeah. He's. Um, just through friendships and people and experiences there and moments of silence when I'm I, I turn to him in my heart on my commute and ask him yeah. about a, a thing in my day, a highlight or a disappointment yeah. and hearing him respond.
0: So Allison, I want to invite you for a minute to speak to the discouraged heart. Um, because I think um <laughs> you know it's funny, sometimes yeah. lead him this podcast, I don't know if I've ever really said this, but like Lead them to life has brought out a vulnerability in me um, that's that's at times been really challenging. Like it is not easy to sit in front of a microphone and be like, "Here's what's going on," or like, "Man, speak to this," or whatever. Yeah. But as you're talking, I'm a, I'm consciously aware of a discouragement that's yeah. coming up in me um, related to like my desire for um, deepening prayer. And the reality of how much I have struggled with that over the last maybe. Four- four years probably probably more than that actually just like temperamentally like dispositionally Mm -hmm. i really struggle with like all those kinds of things but um but i think especially as a since motherhood like my experience of prayer my expectations of prayer like there's moments where it's great and then there's a lot of days where it's like oh my gosh i don't even like or nothing
1: or no time for it really because there's not.
0: Yes. And yeah. so and yet there's this like real revelation and this is the vulnerability like I know like I know in the depths of my soul the the importance of that like daily time and and I can get really discouraged when I sit down for that yeah. time and the baby starts crying yes. or when that time is shifted because of daycare drop off or whatever, right? Like just up all night and they're sick. And you're like, I really do. I need not keep my sleep. eyeballs open. <laughs> yeah, no. Yes. Yeah. So I just want to invite you to like speak to the discouraged yeah. heart for the busy, for the busy lay person. Yes. Not even want to say the busy lay person, cause everyone is busy, but just like the lay person that's trying to figure out how to do this. Um, mm-hmm. I want you to speak encouragement to a discouraged heart.
1: I love that, Emily. And I just want to reverence and applaud you for the honesty, which is 100% of people's experience, 100%. And I think that there is even a more particular role of um, parents in that season of you are not your own.
0: It's the trenches, man. You
1: are not your own. You aren't. Mm -hmm. Somebody else is prioritized over your own well being. To an extent. I mean, we can do a whole nother podcast on like make sure yeah. to, good self care for and parents and whatever. Yeah. But
0: But by but, and um, large, yes. yes. Like the demands are are so high. The demands are so yes. high. Yes.
1: And but I think a really good distinction would be just to start with things within my control and things outside of my control. Mm, yeah. And there really is a lot. I mean, the things that we've in this circumstance that we just threw out too were like those are all outside of your control. Yeah. You really the baby cries. Um, I think it's very fair for a heart to grieve and say, "Lord, I want intimacy." Because when we talk about we want a greater prayer life, what we're saying is, well, "How would you?" Put I want that greater up?
0: intimacy. Like I want like, to I know you more. I want to know you, and I want to experience again and again and again that taste and of heaven. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that yes. moment where we can. And and I think, uh, and and listeners, like for those. Of us that maybe haven't experienced that like to beg the lord for it but mm-hmm. like those moments where you just get to pull back the curtain and you see and experience this profound love of god and you would know because you're changed mm-hmm. like you are forever changed when you encounter the love of god it's a living encounter yeah it's yeah. a living encounter and it's radical and it and it shifts mm-hmm. it changes us yes um and so so that's what it is it's like this longing to receive that not to go back to receive that s- specific grace, maybe that we've received before, but like let it be made new in me, yeah, over and over again. Right? A taste a union. Yes. Yes. So that, it's like that yeah. intimacy that we're longing for, and I know, like it's so funny. I just told my friend Carrie the other day, like I am, I am changed when I had, like I know the days that I pray and the days that I didn't. You mm-hmm. know, because it changes the like. It, there, it is always fruitful. It's mm-hmm. just always fruitful in one way or another, even if it's a dry. Moment of prayer or whatever, like it changes me, you know? But so I that's ca- what I long but for. But a lot of
1: folks, I know some folks too that even, I mean, even as like you're saying, the, the discouraged heart, I know some who will stop praying for a time because they come and feel so yes. much um, defeated. So common. Yeah. That there's something good, but it must not be there for me. For me. Like it's not there for me. Um, that's one of the reasons I usually reference Ignatius's rules for discerning spirits and, and learning that. And I love that the fact that YouTube has like Father Timothy Gallagher et cetera, I hugely recommend um, encountering that in a time where, you know, not to say, well, here's one more thing you should be doing with right. all the time. You don't have, you know, <laughs> yeah. so I don't want to put people in that position, but there is a formation to understand kind of those seasons a little bit better. But for the immediate responses, there's always stuff we can control and stuff we can't. And really it's the discernment of our own hearts. What is an area? Cause I, like, I know in my own self, like there's times where, I mean, I know Ignatius's rules, and I go against them. I'll cut my prayer short, or if I'm feeling discouraged, or there's times where I know that I I'm just I'm I'm cheaping out on that one. Or and there's moments where I do you know I do choose choose poorly, choose mm-hmm. wisely. You know, I don't choose wisely; I choose poorly. But there's a lot that's outside of one's control. Mm-hmm. And there's an incredible beauty to mm-hmm. offer that as my prayer, and say, Lord. I challenge you because you're such a loving God. I cannot control when the baby cries and enter. I cannot control when I have no no time to to do this. But so, Lord, if I'm desiring this, that means you're placing it on my heart, which means you want to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. So show me where and how. Like put it, he is such a good, big God. Like challenge him. He's such a—I love that he's revealed himself as a man because it's like, give him that throwdown. Like, he is like, prove it, Lord. Like, you want intimacy with me? You can step in and do it right now, but you're not. So show me how you're inviting me to step into that and give me the grace and let the Holy Spirit, like, do that push so even if there's not the—I know a lot of moms, even with big families, who are able to make that prayer time every day. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of phenomenal, holy, beautiful moms who just don't see that practicality mm-hmm. at all for them. Mm-hmm. But I've heard such beautiful um, responses from moms who say, then I I make it a sacrifice. That's a part of my offering.
0: That's a but part then of my I, offering. And, but
1: then I grieve the hunger that I feel for him that um, is not satisfied. I grieve the loss of that prayer time baby starts to cry husband sick this morning even though he said he'd watch the kids so i could pray mm-hmm. i grieve i mm-hmm. offer it as a worthy sacrifice mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then i say but lord i need you to i need a 2 by 4 for you to show me the moment where you're giving me an opportunity mm-hmm. to step into prayer mm-hmm. or prayer as lord where are you inviting me mm-hmm. for intimacy
0: mm-hmm. you know as you're talking about that one of the things um that's coming to my mind I, I think i saw emily wilson um is a is a gal that I follow. She's an author and speaker, and I just really like her stuff. But um I think I saw one time she wrote about putting a mirror in your nursery. And she talked about that being this like profound experience for her of placing a mirror in the nursery where she can see it from the rocker, like from her baby rocker um, as as a means of reflecting, Back to her the reality of where God has for her. So I did this. I went to TJ Maxx. I got this like really cool mirror. And um, excuse to go. I uh, know no, why not, right? <laughs> I'm like, Matt, it's I'm for kidding. the Lord. <laughs> it's for the Lord. Home goods is for the Lord. So um, that's where it was with Home Goods. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I hung a I hung a mirror in um, in Lily's nursery, yeah. this this go around. So Lily's yeah. our youngest. And I it is really fascinating
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, how much that has drawn me to prayer in those moments where it's late at night, and we have like a, I can wow. kind of see my, you know, see my shadow even with like with our little night light in her room. And, um, and as I lay my head back and close my eyes, you know, as I'm rocking her in the night or putting her to bed or whatever, like just that reminder of seeing my reflection has been such a reminder of where God has me mm-hmm. right now. And, And in those moments, it's actually drawn me to prayer. Like, Mm. it's drawn me to pray over her. It's drawn me to, like, uh, just greater, yeah, greater reflection on who he is and, like, the goodness of this gift that he's given me and all of these different things. But just, like, those little practical things Mm. um, of learning how to pray like a mom. I mean, that's one example, but um, that's been so fruitful. But I just, I I long for more of those things, I guess, is maybe why I say, like, just the the heart of discouragement that I sometimes feel is like, oh, but I, like— yeah, I don't know. True so, story, I long for more too. I feel like oh, I'm cheaping out with 30 minutes of prayer a day, yeah. but it feels
1: that's the most balanced for my schedule right now. Right. So m- one of the things I wonder if sometimes our discouragement is um, that our longing for more maybe isn't going to be attainable until we have the beatific vision yeah. to some degrees. Preach. But there is, I mean, there is that line where you say, no, I know my life could, yeah. more could work and within my, my life. control, yes. to your question earlier. Yes.
0: Because that's where the shame comes in. Or maybe not even shame, but guilt like good conviction is like, okay, well, I spent, you know, however much time on Instagram today, but I didn't get my prayer in. So Mm -hmm. just like prioritizing those like first things first kind of thing, which I just really struggle to do when I'm already feeling discouraged and when I'm already feeling tired or whatever, like we often want to lean on our comfort zones, you know, so I just I'm, I'm like really sitting with. What what can you control and address what you can control? Because I, I think that's so good. I it's love so the good, example
1: of that mirror too. Because I had a mom once tell me she said I just started making putting my baby to bed as my adoration hour. I made it the same thing. She said, and I just I just adore the pure soul that was baptized, and I adore Wilders. the Lord. You know, yeah. In this soul that I'm caring for and loving, and so it's there's seasons and there's it's Wilders. interesting. So yeah, it's it's.
0: Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very
1: particular—what would you say to the, the discouraged heart, Emily? Oh, man,
0: I'm, I I want to say all the things that you're—like, yeah. you are giving me language, honestly, of like, um, uh, yeah, control what you can control, be free of the things that you cannot control, um, and allow the Lord to move within that. And then I think, too, like, don't be afraid of the reset— because where yes. I where well I get discouraged is like, here I am again, reset, here I am again, resetting, here I am again, resetting, you know. I have a saint for you. Who's your saint for me?
1: Blessed Bruno Lanteri. Begin again. It's the name of the begin biography again. that's written by um he founded an order, Father okay. Timothy Gallagher's Order. Oh yeah. He was almost a Jesuit, but the Jesuit were suppressed at that time. Not okay. Father Timothy, but Bruno Lanteri. Yeah and he is the most encouraging for discouragement repeated That's i have the book oh too so I can loan good it to yes please begin again and um so he talks about that and there's if you follow father timothy gallagher all he does is post quotes from not being discouraged because i love it. I, I loved and i love what you make reference here to as well cuz i was thinking on my heart like um i think that no matter um where where we are in in our life of prayer or whatnot there's going to be a temptation to discouragement and to mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. kind of feeling overwhelmed or or looking into that or, or re-entering what I think you've had what? on your podcast at one point that whole like orphan spirit or the good is not yeah. there for me yeah and I think that's always gonna be a, a little like um
0: the it's human gonna condition be something yes part that's of gonna the human condition yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I love
1: that reset that you're talking about and it yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. And I think, um, I love that. Begin again. Yeah. I've heard that. I just, um, yeah. It's so beautiful to counteract the, like, because what, what happens when we feel embarrassed yes. that we need to start over again, like, that's what it is. We, we dwell in shame. Yes. And like, Teresa Hendrickson came on, you know, Teresa, well, like, yeah. Teresa came on a couple episodes again, ago, and we talked about, undoing shame. Mm -hmm. And there's a reality that like, oftentimes it starts with guilt, but the problem is that we're not made for shame. And so when we've internalized like areas of conviction that we have, like Mm -hmm. I need to start over, we can get stuck in shame rather than allowing real conviction to, to pull us out of despair and, and and bring us into an experience of great hope and freedom and Amen. that kind of thing you know um and and actually i would love for you to talk a little bit about so this comes out uh this week next week we is godete sunday Yay. which is really a great experience of joy um and when i think of joy i think of hope can you talk a little bit about yes. just the experience of of Joy in connection to deepening our life of prayer and um kind of what the Lord is doing in your life in that regard.
1: Yes. Was, it's funny because I was starting to think about joy when you talk about resetting and the opportunity to move forward instead yeah. of be trapped in the guilt that yeah. can lead to a shame when yeah. it's unresolved or we don't let it you know, or not able to let it go even because it kinda has that hold on us. So anyway, so Gaudete Sunday. Hi I don't know when the exact episode's coming out, but if you if it's before Gaudete Sunday It's before. Perfect. High five your priest if he has rose colored vestments. It's going to, people are going to be like, they're pink vestments, but they're technically in the order. It says rose. It's rose. I've had a priest say it's salmon. <laughs> I'm like, it's not salmon because that's not in that. No, I'm just
0: kidding. It's not salmon. <laughs> it's a rose. <laughs> it's
1: rose. So oh, it's funny. such a beautiful, I just high five them because I, they're, yeah, it's just so beautiful. So the rejoicing Sunday joy. <laughs> when I think of joy, I love. So, okay, I'm melancholic by nature.
0: Are you really? I totally am. I am. I, I know. It it's like you. surprise,
1: surprise. Seriously, though, I know.
0: Matt's I, a melancholic. I have Did a hard time this? with melancholics,
1: even yeah. though I am one. <laughs> I don't surround myself with them. It's the funniest thing. All my best friends are cholerics or sanguines. Oh,
0: that's so funny. Yeah, I feel like I get along with you very well for being a melancholic. <laughs> oh, good. I just offended all of my melancholic listeners. But not at all. No. I married one, so it's okay. I feel like that's my <sighs> excuse to, to, to rag on melancholics. Yeah. Anyway, yes. okay. I did not say that shrinks,
1: But, oh, we have our weaknesses.
0: Yes, um, indeed.
1: C.S. Lewis has surprised by joy, and one of the definitions he tries to aim to is this, like, Sweet desire for the transcendent that is almost painful. That's what he describes. Oh. So he talks about joy. And I'm like, that's such a melancholic definition of joy, you know. <laughs> so oh, so man. and joy was a part of, joy's been a part of my prayer. And I, I couldn't, I haven't really put it together, but even just prepping and talking with you on this podcast, this is a way, mm. like, I will go back to my prayer, Emily, and experience this, our conversation Um, about this topic as a part of God's confirmation and melding and weaving together what he's been doing in this time of Advent. Um, Joy was something that I've really been desiring for uh, my family members who are away from the church, specifically joy. And joy meaning being a fruit of peace, a fruit of healthy, ordered life, a fruit of... um, um, moving out of like what you were talking, oh, so full disclosure, most of my eight my seven siblings do not practice their faith. They wouldn't identify themselves as Catholics, which is a deep grief on my own heart. Um, one of them, yes, but the other um, six siblings no, but I love them deeply. and they live as well as their intellect and their decisions and and they're wonderful folks. So I uh, constantly am desiring the fullness of life and the fullness of the Catholic faith for them um but that comes built from the ground up mm-hmm. from nature into the supernatural. So I send them Christmas ornaments every year and this year is a globe with joy to the world written on it. And I spoke to them about joy. So the the gift of joy midway through a penitential season speaks exactly to what we're talking about because we go through preparation, we go through all the like self-reflection, all the hard, the shame that we wrestle like Bring it all to the table, bring all of our darkness and shadows. And it's like the church has written in, I don't know where it came from. Here's some homework for folks if they want it. Where do Latare and Gaudete, like in yeah. the structure of a penitential season, who was like, don't we need a we, break? We need a break for happiness, you know? Like, who, who was like, put that in there? And everyone's like, fine.
0: You know, <laughs> all right, we'll like, do stop it. flogging
1: yourselves. No. And that's yeah. So like who put it in there? <laughs> But it's almost like the church is like, yes, this is a veil of tears. Yes, it's not the fulfillment of the beatific vision in heaven. But what is it? This is a penitential to remember this is where we're going and what we're made for, yeah. which is a joy in the Lord that's a fruit of right-ordered life, penance um, entered into um, with with hope, with mm-hmm. deep hope. So the joy of, of this Advent season is just such a— but Advent specifically feels more like a—, a not a bitter joy but like a the languid joy that CS Lewis talks about
0: mm-hmm. because
1: it's like we're longing for this redeemer to come and to be slaughtered for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it is a very mysterious like Jesus please come. Oh, by the way, you're going to be born in a manger and you're going to suffer and you're going to have to flee and you're, you know, your life is going to be uh, born to die mm-hmm. like some, some, mm-hmm. some of the say. And yet say. that
0: gift restores the brokenness in us. You know, yes. it, it gives light. A light shines in the darkness. In that, like that's the great joy is is the power of the light,
1: and the darkness does not overcome it.
0: Right? Yeah, right. that's and the that the Sunday
1: coming up, and that joy steps in to say, mm-hmm. no matter how much we self-examine, this is Ignatius talks about the examine prayer at night. And a lot of it, his steps are reflecting on the gifts that the day of, has brought, mm-hmm. and so I encourage that with folks who like to do an examination of conscience at night. Mm-hmm. I said you can go to bed thinking about all the ways you failed the Lord, absolutely. But it is really m- much more fruitful if you first look at your day and what the Lord has done for you, and to orient it in yourself and your own Gratitude. failure. Yes. So to orient. Yeah. So so to be able to stop midway in our penitential season and say. Lord, you know, I don't have it together. I don't have it all. I'm not maybe where I want to be, Yeah. but I get to rejoice knowing you desire yeah. me to be with you more yeah. than I desire yeah. to be with you.
0: So is that how you would encourage people to foster that sort of joy? You know, for somebody that's listening, that's like, oh, I just don't feel very joyful right now, or I'm not really experiencing the gift of joy in my life or mm-hmm. in my prayer or in my family or whatever. Like, how do you start to cultivate that gratitude?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's particular for seasons in people's lives because hmm. the holidays are so hard for a lot of people, and more they trigger than I ever grief.
0: Recognized this I had year's no been no that idea. way for
1: me too, Emily.
0: Were you becoming aware of it? Yeah, yeah. a
1: lot more people. Yes. And well, you were at my talk
0: in Brandon. Yes. About this. Yes. Yeah. I gave a. I gave it. A, I spoke at a theology, ta- a theology on top. A theology on top. Theology on tap about. Um, Uh, holidays, basically entering into the holidays with like, a healthy, happy, holy approach. And just the reality that for many, it's so triggering. It's so So, difficult. We have high expectations. And I mean, maybe someday I'll do a, maybe that could be a before the end of the year, like around next next week or something. I can kind of give a fervorino on that talk because I think it was Um, Mm well-received. But I just, I had no idea really to the extent until I started to like grapple with it and ask people these questions and even reflect on some of my own experiences and where it's been hard for me in the past. Yes. Um, that was really eye-opening.
1: Your example so. was so beautiful. I mean, that particular personal examples are always so helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I would never want to tell someone that Gaudete Sunday, like you have to feel joy in some measure that you would recognize personally yourself. It's okay if you enter into Gaudete Sunday and all you feel is overwhelming sadness. So this is one more happiness. that's mm-hmm. not for you. Mm-hmm. But to say, Acknowledge what's going on. Acknowledge mm-hmm. what's in your heart. Mm-hmm. Relate it to the Lord. Bring what's, it. Bring it in physical time of prayer. Give yourself permission to weep, mm. but then expose yourselves to those areas that you know fill you to some degree and make more room for yourself in those areas as best as you can with the commitments you have.
0: What's the role of play for you in the cultivation of joy? Play. Can I give you an example as you're thinking about that?
1: Yeah. Okay. Please. So
0: joy doesn't always obviously like include laughter and whatever. But for me, this past weekend, um, my folks stopped by And I like just happened to be pulling supper out of the oven and we were like, stay and eat. Like we, I've made this like whole roast chicken. Like it just was like this providential moment, whatever. Love it. And Matt and I earlier that day, um, had gone to target. We took the girls, totally regretted it. Like worst idea ever. (laughs) Um <laughs> it always sounds like a great idea. I know. It's like, oh, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna like get a cup of coffee, you know, from Starbucks and walk around Starbucks or walk around Target. Have you done this, Bill? It's the worst. You got nothing done, did you? No. You didn't get and any then like the, and shopping. then you're just like chasing kids the whole time and making sure they don't fall out of the cart. I mean, it's just a very stressful experience. Anyway, we bought a game while we were there. Matt was like, Hey, we bought this new game, will you play it with us? So we ended up playing this game with my parents. And my dad, like, kept on, he wasn't trying to cheat, but he kept on, like, telling the word that he was, like, that my mom was supposed to be guessing. <laughs> and at one point, like, he he messed up and he was like, no, I was trying to say this and gave away the word. And we laughed so hard. I mean, just, like, this yes. sheer, like, joy, laughter. Like, I cannot believe that just happened. Whatever. Whatever. But even after they left, Matt looked at me and was like, "I have not laughed that hard in a long time," and it was so elevating. Like it just it it, it had we kind of had, yes. had like a cold, crummy day a little bit because of the whole Target experience and you know all the things. Uh, It was cold. We couldn't get outside. Like just kind of one of those weird days where things weren't jiving and whatever. And, and the gift of that laughter, like just playing together, having the space in our life to, to be interrupted, quote unquote, by people, my parents in this case, stopping over, inviting them to stay and then inviting them to play with us was so joy. It just was so joyful. It just was so joyful. You know what I mean? And again, it doesn't always look like laughter and and whatever, like joy can sometimes mean like tears or like serenity or whatever. But in this case, it was just this clear moment of the gift of joy.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I had run with uh, a friend to Kohl's last night, really late, and I had my hat off, and I was driving home, and a song came on, so I was singing into the pom pom of my hat, and kept trying to get that's my amazing. the person in the car next to me to sing along into the pom pom of my hat. <laughs> Wouldn't do it. They were texting somebody else, but I was like, "Come on, miss. you're giving so them the pom pom of your absolutely hat." Absolutely joy. So that's amazing. That to be able to get like, it's so amazing how much we segregate ourselves from a delight. With the Lord, like I love that example of allowing that interruption to come in, and then just stepping in and realizing, yeah, science can say that that laughter is one of the best medicines, but it's deeply, I mean, to to enter into that joy and actually just let yourself receive it, that is huge. It's deeply human, and it's so human, and it's so restorative. Yeah, like it baptized your day, and it was like I could shake it it off.
0: Yes, yes, it baptized my day. It's not totally. the identity
1: of of how right. Saturday was now right. and right. Um, yeah. yeah, it's powerful, Emily. Yeah, it's powerful. So those moments of the natural sense or the human sense of like joy means happiness mm-hmm. and delight and mm-hmm. rejoicing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, that's mm-hmm. that is
1: what the Sundays mean. Yeah, that they want that for us to be able to enter yeah. into those. Yeah. But, um,
0: and then to create the space to allow that to happen. Or to even choose to be intentional. Like we're gonna yeah. intentionally play together. We're gonna intentionally like like we're gonna set up the ice rink in our backyard this weekend. Like just totally. to simply play because yes. it creates space for joy. Like it creates space to cultivate memory and connection and all of those things together as a family. So Amen. Allison, I'm gonna have you ha- I'm gonna have to have you come back a whole nother episode. Um, to talk about the Ignatian rules of discernment, just because I like that's so in you, and we're and we're out of time for Love this them. episode. But I think that would be really powerful for listeners. So, um, listeners, stay tuned for that. Okay, before cool. we end, yes, is there a question that you have been pondering? So I ask every guest that mm-hmm. comes on Lean Them to mm-hmm. Life, what's a question that you've been pondering? And this really comes from my desire to um, dive a little bit deeper in ourselves, with our community, with our friends, with our spouse, whoever it might be. Um, to ask this of ourselves or of the people around us to continue to just cultivate this uh, greater self-awareness, that kind of thing. Uh, the only rule is you can't answer your own question. So, yeah. do you have a question that you have been pondering? I listened to your program, so I did prepare. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so proud of you. But it's, there's Good so student. many things
1: that I ponder, though. There's so many things that I ponder. But No, this is
0: why I like you. One of <laughs> them is, yeah. I <laughs> like, I
1: wonder. Wonder about this oh i wonder about this so i love being on the horizon of things like i love oh i love okay so what one of the things i've been pondering i just um is secondary trauma um um a number of things not everything i want to share about but like i was thinking actually about um i just working on some things with vulnerable adult and safe environment but there's there's the mystery of like what's the least served and most kind of outcast place that adults can feel shame and maybe their health needs are unmet. And I mean secondary trauma like um, counselors who Mm. work with – because being a counselor isn't like Healing, oh, the beauty of healing all the time. Counseling is sitting with people and they're it's broken. It like really you're ugly. With sometimes brokenness all the
0: time. Yeah, it's really ugly. Sometimes.
1: And once the moment someone gets into healing, you're like, okay, and now I'm back on to the person who's, you know, yep. still coming out of of something very difficult. And so the secondary trauma of adults, par- siblings who have a, si- you know, siblings of a child who um, was abused or mm-hmm. um, deceased or um, um, just, like, adult betrayal or, like, healing after divorce, like like the secondary trauma of, um, yeah, just thinking of what are areas that um, needs aren't being met or being recognized, like um, just some mental health care for priests. Mm-hmm. Um, are they well-supported? Do we, does society even see them well? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just wondering what's kind of the horizon of, um, yeah, what's the horizon of, in, in kind of the the life of the church or even the life of my immediate surroundings that, mm-hmm. that deserves attention and um, maybe is a need that's not being met. Um, mm. I, I guess I've just, through different podcasts and whatever, I'm starting to discover areas that aren't my personal experience or some that feel akin to some of my personal experience, a little bit two of those, oh, I'd never thought that people could suffer that way or have those experiences, and, oh, that reminds me of some of the symptoms or realities that I've I've worked through or I'm yeah. working through or struggled with. Yeah. And so my heart's just there for kind of the hidden suffering that's mm-hmm. there. And, and mm-hmm. what is it? Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and at the heart of that is like a desire to love people so well, which is so moving yeah. to me, like your attentiveness to that reality and your questioning um, what is, what is hidden that needs attention yeah, um, or what is unseen, I think is how you described it. Like what's unseen that needs love and that yeah. needs the light. To be brought into the darkness. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. How beautiful. How beautiful. Well, Allison, thank you for just your wisdom and your heart and for sharing all of um, your insights. And like I said, I would love to have you come back on. Um, next season for maybe a conversation like specifically just around the Ignatian rules because I think that would be Love really it. like I'm hungry for that like going deeper and I know a lot of listeners probably are in the same boat or they're doing it but want to refresh or have never heard of it and they're yeah. like that sounds cool it's I want to know not so, out there a lot yeah yeah, yeah. so it I think that would be me. a really really cool conversation to have but um, friends I hope that you enjoy this episode I hope that it stirs things in your heart that it leads you into deeper intimacy with the Lord where you can pull back the curtain Um, and experience just the great abundance that comes in a life with Christ. Um, Share this episode with a friend, with somebody that you know that you think would benefit from it and we'll see you next time.